Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. So, you know that I'm from New York, right? Yep. Can't help it. It comes, it's, it's almost like literally it's in the queue after I say the state. I don't want to say the name again because if I do, I'm going to have to do the sound again. So, you do realize that they call that state, <sighs> almost said it again, uh, the concrete jungle. I think the deacon said, and I quote from the Jay-Z, um, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. I'm not, I'm not going to say the word, but it is clear. And I think we can almost hands down just know that if there was a hustling kind of state, if there was a state that it was like, yo, if you could... If you have an idea, if you have a dream, if you want to be an artist, if you want to be this, that, and the third, or if you scamming, you making them pieces hit, you know, if you on that side of the grandbaby non-elitism, you know, that's between you and the Lord. But literally, like, if you really wanted to be a hustler, be about your grind, be about your money, be about your business, make it get, get it any way you can get it, like, be about that, I think we can all single-handedly say that that's the state for it, right? So with that being said, because I was literally uh, born and raised, if you will, right? I was bred. I, I was em amongst that for a few decades. I am real sensitive to the uh, what I like to coin the gimme gotcha. Give me your attention and I gotcha. You didn't see that coming, did you? Uh, give me your attention, give me your money, give me your whatever. It's almost like, like my granddaddy used to say, Ooh, you better be careful in these streets. They'll see you coming. They'll go ahead and sell you water from under a bridge. Because like literally it was known, I hate to say it, but like, it's like Scammersville. Like literally, if you didn't know no better, if you, if you look like you a little bit naive, a little bit lost, a little bit touristy, it's like, oh, okay, hey, I got this gold watch that, you know, and I can give it to you for a good, good price and blah, blah, blah. And next thing you know, um, by the time you put it on your wrist and take it off when you get home, your whole arm is green. Because they definitely got it from the 25 cent machine. <laughs> definitely got it from somebody's vending machine in the mall. And you just gave them how many hundreds thinking that you got a deal and whatever. And what is it about someone that is able to get you to make decisions that's just like you didn't think that through. And that's because a person who's able to sell literally has the gift of gab. But if not used in the right place or places that God intends, it can be the very realm that people, I guess, make bad decisions because they're deceived. And so I literally feel like after seeing that when Lucifer fell, that he was the angel of music and he was beautiful, made of all these, you know, stones and blah, 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 that when he fell, God didn't take that anointing back from him. So that's why... People say, you know, the music industry is a little bit demonic and blah, 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 because like, yo, like the angel of music is literally God's enemy. So, you know, it may not be the best place to try to thrive and be happy and successful and eat all the above all the time.
So I believe that when people are misusing their gift, either A, they're super deceived and they have no idea, or B, they just not have been taught to do it a different way and they saw somebody else do something and was like, yo, I can go ahead and do this better, faster, and get better results. Like I truly believe, like no disrespect to these grandbabies, but I believe the pharmaceutical, the street pharmaceutical gang, you know, the one that the cops be taking and stuff. Okay, let's just, the drug dealers, okay? I believe that they are brilliant businessmen that were just not given the opportunity to study business and to do it a legal way where they can actually get dressed, work some decent hours, and, you know, get some yield on their return in a way they don't got to look over their shoulder in a paranoid way. Like, really think about it. The street pharmaceuticals, they be out from sun, you're talking about sun up to sunrise? So there's dedication with the work. Like, no, for real. Like, hear me out. Dedication with the work because you're putting in in hours. You're creating a product. You're able to market something that is illegal by just your level of customer service. So your product is getting word of mouth. You don't have a website, right? You're trying to stay as incognito as possible. But yet, your particular product is is gaining momentum, right? You don't have business cards. You don't have a website. You don't got a LinkedIn from this. And yet, people know where to find you. And you keep going back. You know how to go ahead and make sure that the inventory is where it needs to be. You're hiring subcontractors. Hmm? Come on. Subcontractors. And you're teaching them the way. Not the truth and the light, but you're teaching them the way to the street pharmaceutical lane. And, you know, if they do well with the portion that you gave them, then they will go ahead and restock or, as the hood says, re-up. Huh? And then when they, they start to work their way up through the uh, street career ladder, so to speak, and then when your inventory is missing or they didn't bring back what you know could have been sold and you know that you were short, then you kind of err to the side of violence, right? Because that's a reprimand for uh, not properly engaging in the business style that was first taught. You get to confirm jurisdiction. You let people know, hey, this is my turf, Okay. Don't want any of you that are selling products that are outside of this business plan on this particular turf. You respect mine, I respect yours. If not, then we're going to have to go to arbitration, but it's going to be with the fists and hands, okay? And we're going to teach you that, you know, you need to look at your coverage map because from this block to that block is all of this particular product. And whatever you're doing on that side, cool, but just don't, you know, and you have competition, known competition, but for whatever the reason, you've been in business for years. Now they say that average business doesn't last between three to five years, but yet here you are in all your twenties blowing it. And in some cases, you, you, you are put on administrative leave by the legal departments that find, right? And for whatever many months or whatever, whatever that goes on in the, um, iron steel colleges, huh? Come on, flow with me. Okay. Uh, you're taking out of your position for some time and then guess what? You are still able for, for, for what I saw, 
when I was watching, you know, lockdown and 90 day lockdown and stuff like that, you were still able to operate your business virtually. Huh? I mean, come on. <laughs> like, like, literally think about that. You don't lose your clout. You don't lose your... You, your product sense, like nothing goes, it's not like business just completely went astray because you were gone. No, you put people in places. And then in some cases you went ahead and extended the business because now you're running it in the iron steel college. Phenomenal. You can't tell me that's not a grandbaby that was blessed with a business anointing, but just used in a perverted way. Right? And so lately, <laughs> like low key, that was all Holy Spirit. But like, you have to see like the parallel in that, right? Okay, I th just thought it was just me. So lately, what I've been noticing is there seems to be an increase in the grandbabies that want better. Like the grandbabies are looking at other prior grandbabies and going, Mildred, you've been here for how many years? I can't work this job for that many years. I'm not even going to hold you. You, you've been born and raised in this small town and you're okay with not seeing what's outside of this particular small pond. Yeah. I just, I feel like a bigger fish. I can't do it. I'm probably like, this is cool because family's here, but like, this is not why I want to do real estate and all that other stuff. Like, yeah, I'm over it. And I feel like there's an increase in, in grandbabies that are seeking and hungering for more, more than what's being presented to them, more than the picture that was, hey, you should just go to this job and work it for all your good years when you have your good knees and your good back. And then um, once you're absolutely done and can't use any of that anymore, say thank you for all y'all have done. Uh, go ahead and take that little bit of percentage of the check you were making and uh, take that for a couple of years. Yeah, some grandbabies are getting to the point that they're like, that ain't it, bruh. That ain't it in salary. That's not it in how I want my life to look. That ain't it at this particular company. That ain't it. Uh, why certain people are not making the moves that their ancestors have made? Why people are not looking? Like, I remember seeing a meme and people was like, this cannot be the same 40 hours that my grandma, <laughs> like, it can't be. It cannot be the same jobs. It cannot be. And it probably was worse. I'm not going to hold you. But I, I cannot ignore that there does seem to be grandbabies who want more. And while that's happening on one realm, I feel like in another realm, there are the grandbabies that see an opportunity to make uh, a come up off of that. That they see the hunger, they see the thirst, and they're trying to find new ways to go ahead and capture that, monetize that, and make it business off of other people seeking and being thirsty. And while that's not always terrible, it does pinch a nerve when people start to do stuff that sounds like or eludes to if you cannot pay for this particular academy, this particular master class, this particular coaching session, this particular whatever it is that they created, that you're either not serious, you're not going to take your business ideas to the next level, and you're going to suffer because of the fact that you were not able to either afford to enroll or weren't quick enough to enroll into their particular program. That's when I have a problem. If you notice in another conversation that we had recently, I literally like I, I went off a little bit so I had to calm down so I could actually talk my way through it because it, it does pinch your nerve for me.
because I do not believe that. I guess my whole thing is this. To me, Jesus was the ultimate business model. He pulled people that he knew were already in business somewhat, right? Was like, yo, Peter, I need you. I need your brother. I need you. And he counted out how many he needed. He knew how he wanted to send them out two by two. Like if we really studied Jesus, he literally showed us like, this is how you run your business. He didn't micromanage nobody. He, he wasn't putting more on people than he, they can actually bear. He was training them. They were slow to learn. It was very irritating. That's why he was like, how long do I have to be with y'all? This is getting, okay. Let's go back to how we check an email. Like it was getting on his nerves. Like, okay, great. But so I take it very seriously when I'm hearing people run business and it doesn't sound like the way Jesus would have done. It almost sounds like the den of thieves that Jesus overturned because in the Bible, when, uh, Jesus went into the temple and saw that people were making, uh, like they were making it a marketplace, he got upset and he was like, you're making my father's house a den of thieves. And then that's when you saw Jesus get kind of bowed about it. And he went ahead and was turning over tables and such. And so I don't look at the fact that, uh, oh, Jesus is, you know, anti-prosperity. I don't think it's any of that. I just think that when it comes to taking matters of God or taking people of God and then trying to see how much money you can get out of them, even if that was your intent or not, if it can come off that way, that's a problem for me. So let me tell you where this is coming from. I actually signed up for a couple of, uh, here and there, conferences here, maybe a little master class there, blah, blah, blah. And I can't help but to see single-handedly that once you get in there, they ask you for more money or kind of like bait you in with the small fish and then show you the bigger fish. But you can't get the bigger fish unless you go ahead and pay this bigger fee. That is the gotcha gimme gimme gotcha kind of thing that I was talking about and that bothers me because I do not believe that the people who were thirsting and hungering for more seeking Jesus wanting to be healed wanting to go ahead and finally be free of their issue with blood wanting to have their son taking that particular demon that was making him have seizures and such rebuke that in the name of Jesus having that healed I never saw Jesus stop and say and try to go through anything that looked like you either had to pay him first or you either had to uh, accept salvation first because I'm not just healing you. You're not one of us. Like, what you doing? And it, I, I did not see that there was all this prerequisite demand prior to just healing someone, just letting someone know, like, what it is. Like, just letting it was people were asking Jesus questions. They were interrupting him. It was a very inconvenient time. And yet Jesus in his own way was able to heal and set people free. And then the byproduct of that is that his ministry grew. Yeah, the byproduct of that. I believe that your gift will make room for you, but not when you are starting to look at your gift like it is a money well. When you start to look at it like, I right, so I'm bus- I have business happiness and I can go ahead. Oh, and if I do this and I create that, I feel like that's fine for the world. But you need to be very, very careful, especially when you are already a part of a church, that when you're giving out certain things that it doesn't look like gimme gotcha. 
It, I, I feel like there should be a separation of, or just very, very clear. Cause I'll tell you this, the classes that I was taking, I took ones that were church bound or pastors have done or whatever, you know, people that was actually a part of the, the kingdom. And then I've taken classes and things with people who are not of the practice or, or of the relationship with God of Christianity. I've taken it purposely and, and not even knowing that I was noticing major differences. There was that out front, Hey guys, this is what I'm charging. <laughs> like, like just straight up for the people. This is on the side of the non-Christian, right? Cause one in particular, I went, she was filled with a whole bunch of information, but she practiced a different religion to me. So, but, but I do believe that you can learn from anyone, but you don't follow everyone. So when I got the information, I knew to go back to God. Like, so what part of this you want me to, oh, okay, great. So listening to her, I was like, I didn't feel guarded. Like, here she goes. She's going to, ask, oh, I didn't feel like, man, I could have learned this on my own low key. I ain't going to hold you. I feel like something I already heard you say. It, it felt truly like you can do a whole bunch of what she gave you. But if you needed to have this broken down into like another five weeks, a whole nother course, a whole nother whatever, that she was willing to go ahead and say, you know what, I'll create it and then we can go ahead. It just felt very transparent. Whereas I felt like on the Christian side, you go ahead and you sign up for something, you get a part of a class, you this, that, and the third, and then you're like, oh, I'm so excited. And then midway when you feel like, okay, so if you really want to take your business and 10x your business, if you really want to go ahead and, and see God's favor on your life and blah, 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 what you have to do is wait for it. Sign up for this thing that's going to cost you so much that you got people in the comments going, dang, I wish I could afford that. And I guess that's where my disdain came from. My disdain came from actually seeing the people that were hungry and thirsty, but didn't have the money to go ahead and afford that. That bothered me. It bothered me that there will still be people that are serious. There will still be people that are intentional. There will still be people that are truly still hungry, still thirsting, but cannot quench it because you put a dollar amount on it so high that they can't even reach it. And the difference was when I was in the other class, she said, and I quote, I remember what it was like not being able to afford certain things. So I will never set a price so high that the prior me couldn't afford it. And that stuck with me to the point that when I went to the other classes where people who believe like me, it stung me that you would ask someone for $10,000 to take their business to the next level, that you would ask someone who literally general pop, general admission or the VIP population was no more than 200. Why would you think somebody would have 10? And even if you thought that, why would you have it where the bulk of your information was just teasers and it's like but if you really want to see this on another level then you got to go ahead and get to this there were people that were asking like do you have payment plans do you have and it hurt it hurt me I'm not even gonna hold you because I think bigger than that I don't believe that creation can lead creation along the lines to a plan that God has for them I think the one and only time that God tried that, it was Moses. It was Moses leading the Israelites out of Egypt. 
letting them go ahead and spy out the land, letting them go ahead and come back and give a report, letting them. And I think from that moment on, God was like, there will never be a time that I'm literally letting y'all all in on information the same exact way at the same exact time that I allow for you to kind of forfeit and butcher the plan that I have for your life. Because everything after that, that I paid attention to, that really got my attention, it was God speaking to the people who needed to know. It was on a need to know basis. I'm telling Samuel, go down to Jesse's, needs you to go ahead and anoint his son. And, um, yeah, if somebody asks you, if you come in as friend or foe, say friend, keep it moving, blah, 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 this, that, and the third. God didn't tell him that it was David. God didn't tell him it was going to be seven sons before David. God didn't tell him it was like, I'll tell you when you get there. I gave you the pieces that you needed to know. Go to Jesse's house, take this with you, and this is what you're going to do, and this is what you're going to anoint. The end. But the who... The process of it all, God didn't give him any of that. When God was speaking to Mary through Gabriel and was like, hey, you're going to have a baby. It's a boy. His name's going to be Jesus. It's going to be dope. He's the Messiah, Holy Spirit, blah, blah, blah. She was like, how can I be pregnant? And I know not a man, sir. He was like, don't even don't even think too much about it. It's a spiritual thing, blah, 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 this, that, and third. She was like, cool. And while she's like, wow, like I, I guess this is it, uh, the, the angel then went to Joseph. Because he was considering going ahead and dipping out on Mary because he didn't want to put no shame on her. And while the angel was talking to Joseph, he's like, listen, I need you to know, like, the woman is, you know, she's pregnant. And giving him instructions and this, that, and the third. When the angel again went to Hezekiah and was letting him know you having a son, his, you know, call him John. It's going to be all these other different things. Hezekiah didn't respond with the faith that he should have had. So the angel made him mute. So he couldn't talk because something about doubting something that God said is going to happen. It's like, if you doing this in private, I can't dare have you speaking out in public. So I'm going to mute Hezekiah so that he cannot come across as a doubt seed for John the Baptist, because John the Baptist was so imperative to Calvary. He literally was leading the way for Jesus. But get this, even when Jesus stepped on the scene to start his ministry, John was like, um, are you the Messiah that we waiting for? Or should I keep waiting? Like God didn't even reveal to John that that's the Jesus, that's the Messiah you should be waiting on. And so if it's so many different ways. That God is like, uh-uh, one man is not going to have all this information. One person is not going to be your one-stop shop. One creation is not going to be able to lead all creation for mankind. I then I pay attention to stuff like that. I lean into that. And what I am aware of is somebody can give you their principles. Do this. This works best. Have a great customer service team. It really speaks fondly and highly of the company. Make sure that if you ever want to get a toilet, if you're building this house, that is not near a the kitchen or blah, blah, blah. If you're going to go ahead and have this many bedrooms, you may want to go ahead and keep the, the owner's suite over here so that it's some privacy. If you're going to go ahead, like there is a blueprint or a principle basis for every single thing on earth. But the one thing that someone cannot do is tell you exactly what needs to be done for the plan that God has for you because they do not know. That's why I loathe when trainers try to tell you if you do 
do this, this, and this, this will be your results. Sir, you do not know that, okay? Because you got genetics that's a part of the chat. You got all kind of food allergies that may be a part of the chat. So what works for you and what works for most body parts may not. This person may be real strong in their legs and real weak on their top. So you're going to have to figure out and be real creative. Because if not, then how come every single person's body doesn't look the same even when they're in the same class? You can be in a, a punch back with the kickboxing classes. You can be a part of the aerobics classes. You can be a part of the cycling classes and everybody's body type looks different. Why? Because you cannot control outcomes, but I can give you principles. You need to go ahead and start moving your body at least 10 minutes a day. And if you're not motivated to do it, then you can do it in a, in a group of people. And if you do it early enough, then you may blah, blah, blah. I'll give you an example. I am not... I work out best at night because working out makes me feel sleepy. Like if I'm really going to go ham and do the hood and two and three, I need to do that at night because it makes me sleepy. Now I do light workouts in the morning, real light, just to get the blood circulating, get the cortisol happening, get all of that. But usually when I had a trainer once back in the day, they literally told me, you know, you should, uh, some stuff you should try to do on an empty stomach. And they gave me all these different regimes. And guess what? You had this grandbaby trying to go early in the morning and I almost passed out at the gym trying to do a weighted squat. Started seeing colors was like, well, wait a minute. Felt very nauseous. It was like, so you cannot tell me what is best for my body. You can give me principles. Go ahead and increase on your protein. Go ahead and make sure you're adding healthy starches. Go ahead. Because when the trainer first tried to tell me, hey, make sure you're eating oatmeal. Make sure you're doing this, not the third. He was naming everything I'm allergic to. And so if people can't do that with your body, then they can't do that with the plan and the purpose that God has for your life. I do not believe that people can give you the answer for the thing that's going to unlock the door to your particular abundance. I don't believe that. I do believe they can give you frameworks. I do not believe that they can A, B, C, D, E, F you all the way to Z to get your possible, tangible, whatever it is that you're hoping for, because then that means that you are being creation led and not being spirit led. And I don't believe that that's of God. So I said, instead of it just being the I, 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 I wanted to make it something biblical. So I wanted to look up literally when, uh, Saul was becoming Paul in Acts nine, you know, I'm reading the NLT version, right? Okay, cool. So let's go ahead and do it. So verse one, meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. Four. He fell down to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Five, who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Six, now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Seven, the men with Saul stood speechless for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but saw no one. Eight, Saul picked himself up the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by hand to Damascus. Nine, 
He remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. 10. Now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. 11. The Lord said, go over to Straight Street, to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man named Tarshish from Saul, named Saul. He is praying to me right now. 12. I have shown him in a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. Uh, I'm going to keep going. 13. But Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to believers in Jerusalem, and he is authorized by the leading priest to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. 15. But the Lord said, Go. For Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to the kings, as well as to the people of Israel, and I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. 17. So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid hands on him and said, Brother, Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. 18. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. 19. Afterward, he ate some food and regained his strength. Pause. So what did I say? I said people can assist you, giving you their principles, giving you their experiences, giving you best practices, things of that nature. But, uh... The inside scoop details to the courtness of your life, God gives that to people who, and that's on a need-to-know basis. Saul was on a road traveling with men, and God stopped him right there, and they had, he entered the chat. Saul, why are you persecuting me? So they have in this conversation, and it says in verse 7, the men with Saul stood speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but so no, so no one. So time out. They heard a voice, but saw no one. So they didn't hear that conversation. How come God didn't make them privy to what Jesus and uh, Saul was, was talking about? Like, what do you mean? So you, you, you hear a, a person saying something, but you don't hear the words. Why? Uh, cause it was none of their business. Oh, okay. So, um, Saul picked himself up off the ground. It says in verse eight, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by hand to Damascus. How did they know to, um, continue to Damascus? Oh, that's because in, uh, um, the second verse, when Saul was going ahead and saying that he wanted to kill the Christians and stuff, it says he requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to the Jerusalem in chains. So, oh, okay, buddy, you can't see. I already know where you said we're going, so let's just keep going there. They assisted him in continuing the plan that he already made known. Now, you have uh, Saul being blind. Not being able to see for three days or drink or do anything else like that. But then now on the other side of the coin, you have Ananias, who God spoke to him in a vision and told him everything that he needed to know. This is what you need to do. This is what's going to be happening. And this, that, and the third. It was like, okay. So he goes straight up to um, Saul and says, okay, let me, let me let you know that this is really me because I'm going to say some stuff that I wouldn't have known because I wasn't there. So um, brother Saul. Yeah, uh, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road, because how would I have known that, sir, uh, has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
God gave Ananias need to know information. This is why I need you to do this. And I think the only reason that God went the extra mile and let him know that I'm going to use Saul in such a way is going to be magnificent is because low key Ananias was afraid. Like, sir, you do know why he's here, right? Like he's not on tour. He's actually <laughs> looking to uh, kill some folks. Like you, did you know that? Okay. I just want to make sure that you knew that God was like, yeah, and I know. And just for that, he's going to be used terribly for my namesake. Like, don't get it twisted. He will suffer. Um, but I need you to do what I'm asking you to do because, um, this mission is literally on a need to know basis. If God went the extra mile to keep it so hush between Ananias and Saul directly, then why do people think, oh, I can take my business to the next level by signing up into someone else's whatever and all the details and all the intricacies that will be needed to one up and one X and 20 X and whatever number X I want to do with my business, it will be in the palm of this person's teaching this person's leadership this person's experiences and I am here to tell you that I do not believe that that is God's perfect will I believe someone can tell you how they were a great wife to their husband I don't believe that someone can teach you no matter how many years that she was married on how to be a great wife for your husband she can give you principles she can say, make sure that you're learning communication, be patient, make sure that you do it. But it should sound like principles. The moment that someone tries to go in depth and give you details about your particular blueprint, I feel like they've crossed over to the side that God never asked them to do. I do not believe someone can tell you how to decorate your home comfortably because what they're really doing is giving their opinion and asking if you agree on the low, but they can give you principles. Hey, what kind of feel do you want? Do you want light and airy? Do you want like a little bit dark and moody? Like, how do you want, what's the feeling? And they can lead you to assisting them to help you make the decisions of decor for your home. I don't believe that somebody else can go ahead and, and make you attracted to someone else. Someone can show you the great things in someone, but if you're not naturally inclined to go, yo, I would love to have a future, they cannot make you go. Like, I'll give you a perfect example. I remember before uh, Adrian Bailon, I think that's her name, before she went ahead and married Israel Houghton, the gospel singer, she said she was trying to hook him up with all her friends. And that nobody was like really feeling him. It was like, eh, I don't really know. And she was like, I don't know what is wrong with y'all. He's handsome. He's successful. He's, and she's naming all the things that she was attracted to wondering why nobody else was attracted to that. But her people can give you principles. People can assist you on the road to Damascus but no one can free you of your perspectives, show you what your purpose is, or show you how to get to the next level of God's perfect will and plan for your life. But God and whoever God ordained to give you that information in that season. Because this is the last time, the first and last time that I heard anything about Ananias coming into the chat. Literally after this, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit, it says 18, instantly something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. He then got up and was baptized 19 after he ate some food and regained his strength. Like Ananias has such a small, powerful cameo that that's all God needed and it was nothing else to be said.
So then why didn't Saul go back? Like, wait, 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 real quick. Um, the guy, if he told you that about me, like I was on Damascus and if he told you that like, yo, I, I had scales, if he came to you in a vision, like, did he say anything else about me? Like anything? Uh, why didn't God allow Saul to do that? But we do it all the time. And I don't know if it's because we are not spiritually confident. I don't know if we think, you know, we can't hear. So just in case we missed it, let's go ahead and ask somebody who has a relationship with God or someone that I know may have the gift. And you know who I'm going to talk to? I'm going to talk to such and such. And God is looking at you like you really think that I'm going to give someone the power and access to a plan that you're supposed to come to me about? I truly do not believe that. And I'm not here to go ahead and impress upon my beliefs on anyone. But what I will say is this. If you are thirsty and you're hungering for more, please go back to the one that supplies your daily bread. He wants to feed you, not just physically. He can make, he can make manna now if he wanted to. But he wants to make you whole, socially, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally all the leaves he's wanting to fill you but if you gotta have a plot point or a person in order to feel whole in certain areas and this that and that, it's like you take away God's glory and you rob yourself of his goodness he wants to show you the plan that he has for your life people will he will assign people to assist you on the way there I promise you you're not gonna miss him so don't feel bad the next time that you can't afford whatever the amount of money somebody's saying that you need. I promise you, if you was just to pray to God and, and the more time that you seek him and just say, I want to fulfill your will. And I don't want anybody else being able to say that they assisted me here. So I'm going to sit and really just pay attention to what you show me, how you feel me, how you, what kind of inclinations you put inside of me, what kind of things make me go, mm, why am I now getting curious about that? How come I'm being started about that? And I'm literally going to trust you to lead me to the answer or trust you to allow me to intersect with what you want me to do but I know that you're not gonna have me walking around this whole entire earth having one big question mark over my head like I'm a sims character and the only way for me to know what I'm gonna do next is I gotta pay this large amount of money to somebody else who has their blueprint but don't know the plan that you have for my life what is my challenge to you to literally allow God to lead you. You can read the books. I'm all for it. You can watch the videos. I'm all for it. You can even be a part of the communities. I'm all for it. But when it starts to look like someone is capitalizing off of your thirst and your hunger, you need to go back to Christ. Yeah, we're not doing that. You want to do the gimme gotchas? Do that for the people in the world. But when it comes to God's people, we don't play like that. And I don't want to be played with. Thanks. You understand? All right, look, uh, I feel like you got what you needed. Mm -hmm. You know what these conversations are, right? They are life-provoking conversations, conversations that not the average person is going to have with you, but who? Your favorite homegirl. And here's the thing. The Bible says, uh, don't be quick to judge, paraphrase, uh, so that you and make sure that you don't fall into the same sin. Right. I want to always make sure that when I'm telling you the things that I'm doing that like my hands is like, listen, th there's no tricks up my sleeve. Yeah, I got a merch line. 
yeah, the, the created to multiply. Yeah. That created to multiply.com. That's a merch line. So you already know like, yo, go peruse. It's price points on that. The Patreon, the text and blogging community. Yeah. It's called Patreon. Like it, it's a price to that. But the conversations we have, the everything else that we're, we're doing, like most of the stuff that I do, it, it's no price tag to it. So I, I want to always be super transparent on what I'm doing, where it's going, just because I don't ever want to have the privilege and the honor to gain people's trust. And then I use that to gain monetary value. I don't want to do that. That's not my heart. That's not my design. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus that I never fall into that trap because it can become easy to see like, yo, if I just go ahead and add a, a hundred more to this, I can easily make. And then when I got to stop pulling out my calculator and not going to Christ to see if I'm actually still saving souls, then we got a problem. And I'm okay with getting tapped on my shoulder. Like God, what you say? I'm playing. My, I'm playing myself. Oh, okay. I will sit myself out the game. Coach, I can't play. Nope, because I ain't do my homework. <laughs> you understand? I'll put myself on punishment because it's never going to be that important to me. What good is it for a man to prosper and gain the whole world but lose his soul? I ain't with it, and I'm not doing it. And just because I'm not a selfish grandbaby, I'm taking you with me. You understand? But you got a website and a Patreon to get to, so I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go. Okay? We talk later? Absolutely. Later. <laughs>